Howdy, craft beer lovers. Welcome to the Hop and Barrel Happy Hour. I'm Brian. I'm Justin. We are here with super producer Casey and our friend Brad Knickerbocker. Hello. The Hop and Barrel Happy Hour is brought to you by Blind Ninja Studios in beautiful River Falls, Wisconsin. Before we get started, I'd like to give a shout out to the Black Belt patrons Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Tyler Romanski, and Hop and Barrel. You can support Blind Ninja Studios on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Blind Ninja Studios or by following the patron link at the bottom of the homepage at blindninjastudios.com. This is episode five, which includes news and updates about the Hop and Barrel Brewery from January 18th to February 1st, 2021. Today we're excited to be talking to our first ever guest, like I said, Brad Knickerbocker. He is the Craft Sales and Development Manager at Bill's Distributing. Hey, Justin. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Uh, what was the first beer you ever drank? Oh, MGD. What? Yes, it was uh, stolen from the uh, nearby meat locker. Okay, and Brad, we were talking about this off air, but <laughs> you, what was the fir- first beer you ever drank? Not Coors Light, like what? the story we were oh talking about. It was goodness. actually okay. uh, a Blatz. Ah, uh-huh. uh, that's a familiar name. Casey? Old Mill Light, uh, given to me by my grandpa. Yeah. How is that so wholesome, everything? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just, <okay. laughs> Mine was Schmitz. Had a fish on the can. I think they brought throwback cans that had... Is that related to Schlitz at all? Like... No, it was just Schmidt's beer. Oh. I don't know. Or we had pig, Pig's yeah. Eye, I think, for a while was one that my grandparents had all the time. But... Good East Siders. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were definitely very much Rice Street, East Side type folk. Moved to the Burbs, moving on up. <laughs> but yeah, I, before we get too deep into any of the rest of this, we are going to open a beer. Oh, that was loud. That was <laughs> the oh. best one, guys. There's a couple decibels I need. To, oh. We oh could turn God. that one into like a tech sound. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, well, I think I that f- was a hell of an execution. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I, I need a tissue. <laughs> Oh my Jesus. God, Casey. Casey's verklempt so over there. But uh, in any case, the beer that we just cracked open, is uh, we're going to be pouring Hudson Hayes today. Uh, so while we're filling up our glassware and tasting the beer, let's find out what everyone has been up to beer related lately. Justin. Oh God, I'm always first. Um, I've been trying a couple different things. Uh, I got a awesome gift from my sister-in-law, a bunch of hard to find sours in this area. This year I got some Russian rivers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, and then you drink them by yourself. Yes, alone in the dark <laughs> in a bathrobe. No, so wild. <laughs> um, no, so I, I let them sit in the fridge, get cold, just kind of stabilize a bit, and I've been dipping into those this last week, just uh, kind of taking some notes, trying on some of them. Two of them I haven't had and a couple are ones I've had before, but it's been a while, so enjoying that experience. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Casey... Uh, yeah, I, um, kegged my, my lager, um, and that's still carving, so. That you, wasn't one of the beers that were kind of a little bit screwy, like you had some issues with? I, well, that, I, that the, yeah, the issue I had with it was I forgot to add a malt. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right, this was, the, this was supposed to be a Vienna lager. Yes, okay. and now it's, yeah, so it was supposed to be, like, more like, um, like a Dos Equis Amber, mm-hmm. and now it just kind of just looks like a Dos Equis. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't quite have the light body because it has most of the malts. It's just I missed like just two ounces of, you know, 
the the roasted malt to give it the color. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to any other podcast on the Blind Ninja Studio Network, the Homebrew Bound, and you can hear the full story. You can hear the full story on that. And, behind uh, that. Yeah, yeah, probably in a couple of weeks when that episode comes out. So. All right, Brad, what have you been up to beer-related lately? Uh, just uh, getting everything ready for 2021. I mean, there's... You're going to see innovation like you've never seen it before from some of the big players, and you guys got some great stuff coming, turning violet, some other stuff that I probably won't mention because I want it to be a surprise. (laughs) So, yeah, just getting all that in the system and uh, getting ready to launch. So, got it. And then myself uh, drinking Modelo and then Brad giving me shit about it. That's... (laughs) Well, come on. We did <laughs> <laughs> it's the house I'm wine. drinking hop and barrel beer. <laughs> yeah. It's the house wine around here at the studio. Oh, man. Anyway, Do so. you brew that? <laughs> n- no. <laughs> hmm. That'd be really funny, I mean, though. If we, <laughs> we're like, we got, we got some discount cans. We can in them. Odelo cans. Oh my gosh. Anyway, all right. So today, again, we're, we cracked open some Hudson Haze. So let's talk a little bit here about how this recipe was created. And as usual, Hudson Haze. I can't remember other than three years ago or four years ago when you and I were like getting together like every Friday. Uh, I was working for Inbound out of Minneapolis and I was doing sales. I was driving around and I would take every Friday off uh, and you and I would do brewery planning. Yeah. Yep, Hudson Hudson Hayes, I think, is one of the few, I shouldn't say few anymore, but it was one of the first ones that wasn't, like, yours or mine. It was truly a conglomeration of, let's do this. And now, a couple years past, the base beer has, to be honest, tweaked and changed so much. The hops haven't changed a lot. We've changed how we add them or when we add them, but the hops we've had in it has not really been changed since the original beer. But the base beer has been dramatically altered and lactose added or dropped out. And I, I think we were off off mic. We were talking about this before, but I think we didn't appreciate and even reading the label a bit. It's probably something we'll change one day. Oh, probably. There's a lot of tongue in cheek. And, it, you know, hazes aren't our style. You know, our style of beering, our style of beering, our style of <laughs> brewing, Jesus. Uh, it, it's much more classic <laughs> styles with with a twist, and the whole haze style was something we kind of did because you have to nowadays. And you know, and for, for what it's worth, it was still pretty new four years. No, it it was it was new. We didn't, you know, it was a point where literally there were still conversations of is haze going to be a style that sticks around. We definitely didn't think so, and then no, now no, like we were wrong about that. We're totally wrong. Fast forward to 2019 on again, not to drop the name again, but on the Blind Ninja Studio Network, the Homebrew Bomb Podcast. We're going through this book called The New IPA by Scott Janish. And this is, in 2019, somewhat of the definitive book of how these beers kind of work. And I think a lot of people didn't understand how they work. And so there was a, a major variation of how they were working, you know, three, four years ago. Yeah. And now it's it should apparently should look like a glass of orange juice, which I still can't get behind. And I think that's... You know, we could probably do a whole episode about this beer. Easily. And maybe we'll come back to that. But I, yeah. I think the simple way to to sum up our approach to this is we gave up on even really trying to make it hazy. And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And it's, and it's honest whether you get it on tap or can. But we focused on making sure it was consistent quality and that it had the flavors 
of a hazy, juicy, full well, flavor. And beer. then let's also, since we've got our distributor partner here, let's shelf stability is another like key. Yeah. Here is making sure that this one can can go to a store. Um, and then, you know, make sure that we get fresh product into the hands of, and then, you know, that's why we work with a distributor partners and keep a tight relationship. So no, and, and again, it's a, it's a bigger conversation, but I think smaller breweries do a better job at hazy beers because they don't have to worry about having a beer sit in a warehouse or on a shelf for a little while. They can bring in, sell a case, make it look like they did really well. And that's a shot at certain places. Smoke and mirrors. But for the reality of you know, a larger brewery, it's making sure your product doesn't fail within two weeks or blow up. Or, or, or blow up on the shelf, yep. which we've definitely had. Oh. Yeah. Or just go bad. So <laughs> Or just go bad. Just play so, go bad. Yeah. So anyway, Hayes. Hold on one second here. So <laughs> yep. Yes, Brad? You're a head brewer. Both you guys are. So Kinda. what are your thoughts <laughs> on a hazy beer? How much do you love brewing them? Because I've talked to other... Head brewers it's terrible. that don't enjoy brewing them that well and don't, they really worry about the quality of the beer after three months. Yep. And there's, I got a two, two part answer to that. One is kind of a funny anecdote. This is actually, when we first opened, Brian and I brewed the first batch of haze together and it was probably the worst brew day ever. Everything that could go wrong did. The, the beer, the beer managed to ferment. But that's about all that can be said about it. We were at one point caught under the brew house trying to fix a valve or something when a bunch of guys from Summit showed up to say hello because we were the new brewery and brought beer over and we're just trying to not uh, yeah, was, get in a fist fight it, under it, the brew house. It was one of those situations <laughs> where we, we we probably felt like like everybody was noticing all the bad shit that was yeah. going on like between us or with the system but then I, everyone was probably just excited to be there to see the, be the first people to see the new thing yep. you know and but but apart from that um I, I it's not the favorite beer to brew I, I mean we don't brew as much as Katie and Ethan we'll give them credit I'm not mm-hmm. taking away from them and and I know they love crooked because crooked is just it's it's a machine it's fine tuned we know what we're doing yeah. And Hudson Hayes is, is like we're already talking here more than I thought we would. It, it's a work in progress. It's something that we're happy where it's at. We're fine-tuning. But now it's a matter of making sure because of the amount of hops we have in it, we can keep it stable all the time. Yes, shelf stability. And then, you know, I mean, with, with our building our size, we don't have a centrifuge to kind of kick some of the things out that are going to cause the problems with shelf stability, okay? Yeah. It was one of the problems. And then thing number two is that I, I really think all these beers taste exactly the same because a lot of the breweries are making them with the same hops, doing the same combinations, doing the same biotransform, using the same yeast strain, malt bill, etc. So I think all these beers, to me, they just, I, I try them. Um, I, I won't pay more than 17 18 dollars for a four pack of 16 ounces i see stuff on the shelf 27 dollars for a four pack of 16 ounce no way no thanks refuse to pay that much and you know that's a whole nother podcast but that said i my concern with this beer is shelf stability uh secondarily i mean i it's great if it's shelf stable but i want it to taste i want it to taste unique different i want it to be fresh and i want it to be shelf stable as well so so the, the short answer is we're really proud of Hudson Hayes. Definitely. But we do hate brewing hazy beer. Also to, definitely. Just to be blunt. <laughs> and to be honest, in my experience, um, with hazy slash juicy IPAs, um, looking at Hudson Hayes, it's clear, but you get all the you get the juiciness out of it, you get the tropical notes, and 
I don't think a beer necessarily needs to be hazy for somebody to be attracted to it. They just want that juicy, tropical, fruity punch to it. That's what they're looking for. And right. you said, Brian, earlier that uh, you thought this would go away, this hazy, juicy phase. Mm-hmm. I thought it would go away like two years ago. Yeah. but it. When it did isn't. you start seeing it kind of popping up? Like four years ago, okay. yeah. And I thought it would be uh, a one- or two-year deal, like we see here in beer cycles, like with uh, hard sodas or well, all, yeah, all like that other stuff. Would, what are some other ones that you can kind of drop? Like what other stuff where you were like, oh, boy, this is a huge thing, and then it just went away? Well, uh, well the hard sodas, for one. Um, hard coffees, which I believe will probably go away in like a year or two. Seltzers were... Kind of, I had thought that would go away, but apparently they're not. <laughs> um, I think the jury's still out. Let's yeah, give it. A, I, let's I, give it another I, year. I'm, it's kind I'm of with you. I'm with you on that. I, I could see it going either way, but I, I don't know. We should listen to our man Bradley here. I know. But, yeah. uh, I think so too. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of volume there. Yeah. At least, at least right now, yeah. Just don't do one, Justin, and it's fine. Yeah, no, we, they, we learned our lesson. Yeah, we we tried, and it just, just I don't drink your Modelo. Oh. <laughs> That's what we call a multi-seltzer. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We should, can Brad come back every time? This is great. <laughs> you just like it because he's giving me shit. Yeah. No, I... Duh. Hey, I'm a That's heat, all a hey, podcast I'm a, is, I'm man. a heat merchant. I can take it. Like, if I, I can dish it out, I better be able to really? take it. Really? You're talking about it, but... Hey, you simmer down over there, right? You're across the table from me. I will come over the table. <laughs> Look Please what I don't. started. <laughs> There's so much expensive equipment in between you and I that I, I definitely would never do that to Casey. Oh my God. Anyway, so we're tasting Hudson Hayes here. So we've talked a little bit about how the recipe was created the first brew day. Um, you know, ingredients that went into it, sort of the 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 journey. And and uh one thing I was gonna kind of also point out is that this this is by far my favorite piece of art on the can. Because at the time, let's see, we've had three different artists work on uh, the the can label art, um, and our uh, God, she basically just works. She doesn't work for us. She's still freelance, but she does a ton of work for us. Julie Getsky, we've got to drop her name. We'll get her on the show once, you know, in, in a while here. But the, the fun, a fun thing for me that I get to do at the brewery is to come up with help, come up with, I should say, the way that the art works on the can. And by far my favorite piece of art here is I asked our artist, I said, can you give me, can you make the Chiquita banana lady? (laughs) But as a skeleton hoisting a beer with a fruit hat and, and with a feather boa. And that's literally exactly what's on the can. If you haven't seen it, it is a pink label. And um, if you want, you know, go check it out. It's at pretty much every liquor store. Um, in in the valley, and then we're in Minnesota, a bunch of places too. If you want to know where specifically, hit us up at info at hoppinbarrelbrewing um, But yeah, this is by far my favorite can uh, art. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, we've kind of been all over all of that, but uh, let's kind of transition a little bit here into talking more uh, with Brad. So we've got uh, this is our main distributor partner, which is Bill's Distribution, and I think. A lot of people don't understand where the beer comes from. You go into the liquor store, it comes from somewhere. So 
there is what is called the three-tier distribution system in America. So there is a, a, a bit of self-distribution that can happen. But I think, you know, we can talk more about how you've got to kind of sell the beer from the brewery to a distributor who then sells it to, to you know, the liquor stores and bars. Yeah, I, I, I think three distributions misunderstood in a lot of a lot of ways and misconstrued by politics and whatever. But but the essence of however you're talking about it comes down to there's places that sell you alcohol, there's places that make alcohol, and there's places that get you get that alcohol from A to B. And you know, some states allow producers to ship a little or whatever, and we call that self-distro here. But the reality is there's a distribution arm of craft beer that no one really talks about a lot. Everyone has their favorite bottle shop or their favorite tap account or their favorite brewery. But no one really talks about these are the brands I like in this area. This is why this area has certain brands and another area has something different. And there's people, a lot of people, who are doing a great job supporting craft beer and and all beer as a whole getting that into your glasses at home Mm -hmm. and it's something people don't talk about or understand how it works and that's what we kind of wanted to highlight so we thought it'd be great to have brad on and talk a bit about what he does Mm -hmm. yeah i think the big the big thing when you think about like you know we're a craft brewery so you think about uh oh i want to meet the i want to meet the brewer and it's like well maybe you should meet brad who gets the beer into the liquor store and then into your house you know it's yeah exactly right so where are my notes here here we go so oh my goodness where are the notes here how about brad we start with the simple one yeah what do you what do Ah, you do at uh bill's distributing uh, well, it's a glamorous job. What right? don't you do? You know, I just don't drink you craft do? beer all day, right? That's what oh, everybody no imagines. But um, I guess the best way to approach that question would be, you know, like when we kicked you guys off, right? So you guys were very well seated in our in our beer footprint. Uh, you had great distribution. You chose to bring us on as a distributor so we could make your uh, beer distribution a little bit more efficient and cost-effective. And that involves getting everything to an, into our system, working on pricing like we did, um, setting up margins as far as pricing goes, making sure you guys are going to market at the price you need to be at to be competitive. Um, and then kicking it off to the sales team in your guys's cases which is a rarity um usually i set up incentives for distribution on draft and and package placements but i did i thought that was kind of a waste of money for you guys and for ourselves because you guys were you guys were doing a hell of a job doing self-distro so it 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 involves a lot I mean, I could go on for days about what I do on a day-to-day task, but um, yeah, it's, you know, in orders and forecasting and just, you know, with your, with your reports and with your, what you're doing in the market and relaying it to my salesmen and kicking off your seasonal products and making sure all of our salesmen are aware of what you guys have available, what we have in-house, what new products are coming in, and kicking them off correctly is the biggest thing. 
So how do you get into something like this? Um, well, I bartended for 10 years. That oh, That's cool. But uh, so Corey, who you've met, happened to be my salesman at uh, the the bar that I general managed for years. And he basically told me, he's like, hey, if you want a job, you come to Bill's. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like fun. Beer guys just drink beer, right? They just go to bars and drink beer. <laughs> and it is, so I went to work for Bill's, but it found out really quickly that it is so far from, it's, not that glamorous. You're not drinking beer all day. It's there's once in a while where, like, with the sales meeting and that, where we kind of roll in and there's, you know, a bunch of beers being tasted and that. And so I can see how people can sort of conceive it that way. But it's, you know, and if you do see a bunch of distributor guys, you know, it's, they're probably at the end of a very long week, at the end of a very long day. And, and you know, it's time to blow off some steam, you know, like everyone else. Right? Well, I think our local listeners should understand. So Bill's Distributing is one of the largest distributors in the area. They're based out of Menominee. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about Bill's, the company? Sure. Uh, oh, I can't remember. I think it was 1954 that we were founded. Um, we've been around for a long time. Uh, Corey's dad, Randy, is the the president of the company currently. Bill was his father, who was selling Schlitz, which you mentioned in the earlier podcast, <laughs> out of his van back in the day. So he slowly built it up and um, eventually got Coors and added more more brands and came to be what, what we are now, which we're now we're statewide with um, non-alcoholic beverages and liquor. Um, we stick to our six-county footprint with beer. Um, out of an equity agreement that we have to stick to. But so we're fairly large as far as statewide goes, but we're, as far as beer goes, we're just in six counties. So I think I have two things. One, one's kind of a statement. And I think there's just something kind of cool to point out. Like you said, this is a, a family run company that's been growing up locally. And, and that's kind of a cool thing we've seen with other people we work with, with Mashad and College City mm-hmm and Viking, that these distributors are very, very often, you go back 50, 60 years, and it was someone who started this literally out of a van, out of their garage, out of a warehouse they scraped together to, to put together, and they've built themselves up. And it's it's a really cool industry to kind of look at from this perspective of how the competition's gotten tighter and tighter the last decade. But every one of these companies has the same story of it was someone's grandpa who started this with a van down by the river. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I had to. Chris Farway, Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Casey. I, no, but but joking aside, it just it's a really cool thing. I, I and I actually didn't know that. So that's kind of cool just to hear that because so many of them they're all the same. Yeah. Very, um, very family owned. Yeah, and the other as as I, you know, pat you guys in the back, the other this is a kind of a question that I, I've always kind of had, and this is something I think unique with Bills, because you mentioned Coors, but you guys are also the the local bud distributor. So I've yes. never quite understood, or maybe we shouldn't talk about that, but I, I've never understood how you do both. Well, what happened was when Miller, we had Coors before Miller acquired Coors. So okay, um, how it works is, well, we go real deep in the weeds on all this stuff. But um, 
if they're if one of the your suppliers or a certain percentage percentage of your business you can't get it taken from you basically if you don't okay. want to don't want to let go of it um so coors was obviously at that time a certain percentage percentage of our business and we fought in courts for a long time they they still they still try but it, it, it it's not a it's not a friendly well it. it it's yeah we're the redheaded stepchild basically <laughs> we can understand <laughs> actually as a brewer in this part of the state we can understand yeah we're just we're not really part of the twin cities but we are i mean and we're not part of the rest of wisconsin no, but we, we are we'll, so, no, we'll we, go we, down to yeah. madison and milwaukee and people will say oh you're from way up there and we're like yeah we are and we're like right by st paul so yeah well i if i'm not sharing with this with the team but like we are we aren't invited to the national coors meetings like oh, the got it they don't sure. they don't look kindly on us because we have ab in house so we're not treated very well. As well, far it as makes you feel better. Other people are really, think, they think it's pretty cool when you talk to the other distributors that you have both. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Story about Coors Light earlier. My dad drinks Coors Light. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do too. All right. <laughs> oh, there's a Freudian slip there. I, thought, I got that. You guys got that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I, I really don't anymore, but... <laughs> My gosh! So, I, so I think we're getting a better understanding here of a little bit of how distributors kind of work. But like, what what's something that you think people don't understand about distributors? I think um, for the most part, like go back to like salesmen, day to day salesmen. You know, they, you think you know everybody's like a beer guy. Oh yeah, he just goes bar to bar and he buys people beers and he has beers. Now, you go to Smiley Moose or Ziggy's, you're climbing over kegs, you're picking them up, you're doing inventory. Ninety-five percent of your job is doing inventory and doing an order. So you get maybe five ten minutes to talk to the decision maker to sell in Turning Violet or the newest AB. T seltzer or whatever's coming, you know, whatever's on deck. It it it's not that glamorous a job when you're stocking shelves at a quick trip for an hour and a half. It's that it, it that's how it that's how it goes. But basically, we are here to provide your product to our retailers at the best price and the best price point to consumers that we possibly can and advertise it the best way we can. Right. And so, so that's the key there is the advertising part. So I think a big fun thing for us is seeing what you guys call it. scrim. Like it's uh, those window wraps. Yep. Um, like we see the big, huge window, you know, on the liquor store and it says, you know, hop and barrel. And, and I pull up to the liquor store and I'm just like, like goosebumps and I'm blown away and I'm like, that, huh? huh? Like, okay, like that that never gets old. So that's a part of something that you guys, uh, you know, utilize to, to help sell product. So what kind what other kinds of stuff like that do you guys do? Well, like you guys, we don't take a supplier on 
unless we have a hundred percent confidence in them, you know. And so, LEDs, neons, what, what you were talking about, tintacker statics, um, not static scrims. Um, we have a print shop with. Uh, well, have you guys? You guys have seen that. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's Amazing. it's ridiculous to us. <laughs> so we can basically produce whatever your mind can come up with, so we can make sure your beer is represented the way you guys want it to. Right. So there's like a team of people at your distributor that, like, a graphic designer that will make these posters, and then you they get to the salespeople and they end up on the wall in the bar, and then I'm like just blown away by like the the you know just the the teamwork between everybody you know with right. the brewery and the distributor so i think you're being modest too i mean you're you're people who are like the boots on the ground and it's like you said it's not a glamorous job most of the time they're climbing over kegs doing numbers but those 5 minutes they have your team has amazing relationships that they're they're great. They build up a, a good rapport with their customers, the bar owners, and they are some of the best known I've seen. So, kudos to your team. Well, and kudos to you guys. I know you know we met about a year before we started our partnership. Yeah, we uh, yeah we took some time, <laughs> and and as you should absolutely, but um, you know we vet our suppliers very heavily and. It's a big think tank when we take somebody on and we want to make sure we can do you guys justice because we're not going to half-ass it to be blunt. We want to, we want you guys to succeed. That's my job, you know. So we are here to support anything you guys do, and that's why I'm not drinking Modelo. Drinking <laughs> barrel. Oh, my God. Please come back next time. All right. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so let's let's talk about something. Hey, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Modelo is a beautiful beer and I and we do sell it, but it's the house wine. That's not one of my suppliers. So, <laughs> yeah. so let's talk about something more lighter, more fun. Like what's what is your favorite part of the job then? Oh like this. Yeah. Retailers dealing with my or relationships with my suppliers like that's you know I had a I sold for six years when I was on my sales route um, I was up north in Barron County and you know the day to day getting to know people you know and you guys did it you guys self distroed so yeah, it's, it's tough yeah <laughs> Well, it's tough, but it's fun. You it know, is. you get to know people. I we, still like we it. St- yeah, Justin's still out in the market a ton, and I, I once in a while I get a wild hair, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go along, and, and it's not my favorite thing, but it's something something that needs to be done. So, well, I just love developing the, those relationships, you know, and unfortunately, like four days a week, I'm st- staring at a computer, you know, and when I, when I get out of the market. And come see you guys and sample Turning Violet or, you know, just <laughs> stop into the brewery and see what you guys are up to. I enjoy that, and I enjoy You guys are great. You've always been great, so. I think you're actually the first one we have on deck once we get the small batch system to. Oh, to I'm coming in. Come in and check out a small <laughs> batch brew. I haven't gotten, I, I haven't got a recipe yet, though, but. Uh, I'll get one. Well, listen to Homebrew Bound. And- <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
I'm gonna need, Casey. I'm gonna need plugs. Huh. Are we gonna do? No. Well, I can't the, do the layers. I can't do a blueberry <laughs> breakfast beer because that's already taken off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was record. I was gonna ask. We'll wind it down, but I I was going to ask like how like how many text messages and emails do you get every day? Like roughly. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, not just from us, but just <laughs> the phone can stop buzzing. I don't understand. <laughs> why? Why did you say just from us? I, I feel like I feel like I bother you a lot. So no, don't you know. don't. No, you guys don't. No, you guys don't. The communication thing is I, key. Always. I don't know how much Justin bothers you, but I no, feel like no. every time the I'm like Brad, the more, Brad. The, the more communication, the better, because then we're on the same page. Um, Text message. <laughs> oh, Bill. It's um, supplier wise, seven to ten a day. Emails, fifty to seventy-five oh a day. I don't even. We don't even get close to that many emails. Like, no, I definitely don't. No, I mean I don't count the junk ones, but like mm. actual email. Yeah, wow, that's insane. Okay, so the do you, do you ever just shut the phone off, or do you like you throw throw it into a lake, or I yeah. <laughs> this is where's your phone, Brad? I don't, I don't shut my phone off, and Justin knows this. Like, I'll, yeah, most of the time, I'll, I'll answer back, even if it's at like seven or eight at night. But I do not look at my emails when I get home at like five, five thirty. Like, I won't look at them. But if something's urgent, you know, you know, Justin will reach out, or my other suppliers will reach out. They'll know to call. Him. Call me or mm-hmm. get a hold of me. It's it's really urgent. It just feels urgent because we may have had a couple beers on this end. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry. Bad. Well, <laughs> I'm probably having a couple beers when you're having a couple beers, so it's true. Match the urgency. <laughs> well, awesome. Brad, thank you very much, man, for giving us some insight into how beer distributors work with small craft breweries like ours, and we really appreciate you coming down. Um, and in turn, uh, folks, I want to also thank you guys for tuning in this week. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, or what have you, like show ideas, uh, send us an email at info at hopandbarrelbrewing.com. Uh, you can check out Bill's distribution at, gosh, I hope it's just billsdist.com. billsdist.com. Yep. Check out what kind of brands they have and see how maybe more deeply how that works. Uh, you can find Hop and Barrel on Facebook at Hop and Barrel Brewing and follow us on Instagram at Hop and Barrel. You can also send a message to feedback at Blind Ninja Studios and find them on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Blind Ninja Studios and follow on Twitter at, at Blind underscore Ninja. We'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.